Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Guru Performance We Do Science podcast. Today with me is Dr. Craig Sale from Nottingham Trent University. Hi Craig. Hello Ron, how are you? I'm good mate, I'm good. So um, this is a super special edition because it is the 50th episode. I cannot believe. Um, I, I did tweet about this the other day. I, I mean, I only started this thing 10 months ago um, and we're already over a third of a million um, downloads already. So 330 odd thousand uh, downloads. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. But um, there's all kinds of topics that I thought we could dedicate today um, to. You, you have of course, been on this podcast uh, uh, before, and you've, um, you know, we've met many, many, many times, of course. Um, but there's an emerging theme that keeps occurring in the background of, of these podcasts, which um, is context. So I thought, what better topic um, for this sort of milestone of the 50th podcast to actually discuss context? Um, now, I don't know how long this podcast will be. This may be shorter, could be longer, um, depends on the context, of course. Um, but you and I have discussed this a number of times, and I know that it's something that I have, um, whether this is good or, or bad, I, I, I've sort of become the, the poster boy for the word context a bit. And um, I do see it bandied around um, on social media, and some people get the idea of context. Some people don't. Some people overuse the word, or, or so on. So, what I figured, Craig, is um, let let's discuss a bit about context. Um, so, why, why? Um, in fact, before I go into that, just in case someone's listening to this who's um, who's sort of uh, new to the podcast and hasn't quite listened to the forty nine other episodes yet, um, can you just quickly give us a brief overview as as to who you are? Yes, yeah, so uh, sure. I'm a, a reader in applied physiology at the moment at Nottingham Trent University, um, where I'm sort of responsible for um, leading the, the, the research centre, which is called the Sport Health and Performance Enhancement Research Centre. Um, basically, I've got a, an interest in <coughs> excuse me an interest in research, um, and you know most of my research is around. Um, I guess musculoskeletal physiology, really, uh, in particular how exercise and and nutrition promotes adaptations in muscle and bone. In a in a in a nutshell, I guess. Great, and you know, um, as I said, you've you've done some podcasts with me, and uh, uh, highly recommend highly recommend those. Um, but let's let's dive straight into this word context. So, I mean, do you want to have a go at defining? what context actually is well i kind of i kind of had a feeling you were going to ask me that <laughs> so, so so i had a little bit of a, a look around and I, and I found a couple of definitions um, and i guess one of them sort of jumped out to me a little bit and and this is not mine by the way it's just a, a definition that i found kicking around but um it was basically the circumstances that form the setting for an event statement or idea um, and I think the important bit is, uh, and in terms of which it can be fully understood. So, I mean, I think that's kind of really, you know, a decent definition as I understand it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm by no means an expert on, on the, the word context, but I do think it's important. And we share, I think, similar ideas about why it's important. Mm. Um, but, but that would be a, 
a decent starting point for discussions, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, the reason why I came up with with just saying context all the time, to the point that it's almost a sort of a T-shirt and a mug thing for, for this podcast, <laughs> um, is, is because people constantly talk about stuff in a black and white format, you know, and, and you know, it's either low carb or it's high carb or um, it's either squats or it, 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 it's free weights or fixed machines or, and it isn't, it, you know, it, you have to think about what you're saying and why you're saying it and, in, and, and who you're applying this stuff to, because there can be fantastic science behind something, but if it, if it's not relevant to what we're, you know, using it for, um, obviously context. I, I don't want to say context too many times. <laughs> this could be this could be a, 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 a the million um, the, the the context said a million times context context. But anyway, I, I I think it's it's something that we had to do a podcast on at some point. And like you just said, it, it needs to be understood properly. Um, so yeah. I, I guess let, if we if we start off with you know why why is it then. And hopefully there's a fairly simple answer to this. But why is it then that we are reading about stuff in a more black and white fashion? Well, I mean, I don't really know the answer to that, I guess. But 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 I should imagine, you know, one of the reasons is we want easy definitions for things. We want very, very simple um, advice that's very, very simple to carry out. We want very simple answers to the questions we've got. And unfortunately... I think we all know that it very rarely is that black and white in, in practice. Um, but I think, you know, I think the desire to have things written down in black and white is, is to simplify the message, which is, which is absolutely vital to do. Um, but it's got to be simplified in, in the most appropriate context. Um, and I think, you know, just to answer the question, I, my guess as to why we like things so black and white is it just simplifies the whole thing. We want very, very simple answers to, to what are often very complex questions. Absolutely. I, I've mentioned many a time, and it's certainly been my own experience, something I've been guilty of too, um, particularly for those of us that start to uh, learn about something, we get excited by and impassioned by all the rocket science. So, of course, we want to start throwing that into into our work either through the language that we use to our clients or to fellow professionals but of course that overcomplicates issues and as you acquire experience of course you realize that it's that simplification it, 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 you know stuff is an art form you know are you able to describe whatever it is to your grandmother or to your to your mate who isn't a physiologist or, or a sports nutritionist and that again is a context issue isn't it? it it it's the language that you're using the 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 paper that you've read it, it's it's not just a black and white statement i.e for example um fasted cardio does not help you lose weight but <laughs> yes you know that that that's one that's going around right now because of course there was a you know a perfectly decent study but if you read that out of context you you take that statement to mean literally there's no point doing fasted cardio, but, you know, we can maybe sort of unpack that a bit. But, uh, I mean... I think... Go on, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, because you are someone that has 
performed a lot of research. You've written a lot of papers on various topics. I think that you're in a good place to, you know, to to help us understand why it is that um, it's important that that you know you've got to learn to read papers properly. I mean, we we've done uh, some stuff on this with Kev Tipton. Professor Tipton, um, both in some recent lectures he did for us on the ISSN diploma, but also we got into this a bit in, in the podcast. Is this this idea that you can't just you can't just look at the title, you can't of the paper, you can't just read the abstract. You've got to look at this stuff into detail so that you can truly understand what context it's to be taken at. But that's a very complicated thing for you to do as a as a researcher, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. But and I think you have to look at that on both sides of the coin as well. So so not only do you have to read a full paper to to really fully understand the context in which a conclusion is is being uh, delivered, but I think also as as you know scientists who are trying to disseminate their information, putting context into into your writing is also important because obviously the reader can't discern the true context of something if you haven't written it properly. So I think it's it's kind of it, it's kind of important on both sides of that equation, if you like. Um, so I think it's probably you know if if we think about that in terms of you know researchers or applied scientists like yourself, I think what we're really trying to do is is, is get a message across in a way. And I think you know to my mind at least you know, that message relies on on context in order to be able to communicate it pro- properly, you know. So, you know, whether you're sort of seeking to give advice or whether you're seeking to, to, to gain advice, um, I think context is, is, is absolutely vital. I think it, it basically shapes what you mean by, you know, that message that you're trying to communicate to a, to a, a certain audience. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's. I think it's very easy to get lost in these things. It's like I, I just referred to this idea of, you know, fasted cardio, and uh, you know, we've we've actually delved into these in different podcasts with different researchers, uh, and we know that things like um, fasted cardio, you know, can result in uh, things like increased mitochondrial biogenesis, and there's obvious benefits um, to having more mitochondria. Um, but just because someone's oxidizing more fat does not mean they're going to lose more body fat, particularly if they haven't gotten the energy balance thing right. Because, yeah, you might burn for more fat during your workout, but you might also be eating more fat throughout the day. Um, so that brings us right back to context, doesn't it? <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think, you know, with, you know, I think that comes down to you know interpretation. You know, everything is interpreted through a particular context, and sometimes, sometimes the, you know, the way in which a piece of research has been conducted is limited by certain things that mean it's it's only relevant within a certain context, or it may not necessarily have have measured um, the the total amount of things necessary to really put it into a into a complete whole body context, for example. So, quite often. You know these sort of messages that we try and get across are limited by, you know, the, the context in which a, a particular study has been conducted, the context in which a particular paper has been written, or indeed, as we mentioned before, the context in which a, a particular paper has been read. All of those things, I think, make um, the advice that's taken from a paper 
specific to you know to a particular context in which it's been you know taken the context which has been taken or delivered i guess yeah i mean i was just thinking <laughs> if we if we used a beep machine craig and, <laughs> and and if if we used a beep machine and just beeped out the word context i think this entire podcast <laughs> is going to end up like sort of a flat line sound in uh, in those medical dramas um but it's so true it is so true and i i think that the thing that is starting to sort of drive me slightly crazy with this this thing that i've i've kind of gotten started you know that the, the whole context craze is the fact that people take context out of context <laughs> and like i laugh because i can't believe i said that but it is true and i think i think you know i think what we're trying to say is it's incredibly important for people to think about you know how that information is going to be used and how relevant it is to the situation in which it's being applied um and i'm trying not to say context too many times but that that becomes an important factor and is it really important to that person's goals and that can be difficult because there are there are things that you guys as researchers are doing which produces some really quite mind-blowing science and some of it's really really sexy some of it's not so interesting to the average person but some of it is like this business of blah 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 results in fat burning so for example uh fat burners um you know our favorite things really um this idea that you you know you could perform a well controlled study on a supplement um and you can show that it does indeed increase fat oxidation and um you can quite rightly uh, conclude at the end of that study that there is a significant increase in fat oxidation as a result of taking that fat burner now that's all great um but me as as a practitioner i might read that study and go okay well yes you guys are using the word significant because that's what you do um but in the real world the significance might be that you're actually going to burn more fat walking to the shop to buy the supplement than you ever would actually taking the supplement um so that's a cla- you know and that is a classic sort of example of context being used in the wrong context. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's right, and I, I think I think sometimes as well you've got to be careful with with multiple messages that appear in papers because because we published something a few years ago on a on a on a commercial preparation for sort of you know they called it a fat loss supplement at the time, and really, you know, there, there were a couple of levels to that. So one of the things that we did show was it was a, a relatively small increase in in metabolic and resting metabolic rate. Um, which kind of then, you know, if you just take it like that, you say, well, great, this, this supplement has shown an increase in resting metabolic rate. But one of the things, if you actually delve down into the, um, into the explanation of the mechanism for that, it was delivered through an increase in carbohydrate oxidation and a reduction in fat oxidation. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about that in terms of a fat, you know, I, I use the sort of, you know, quotations here but if you if you think of that in the context of a fat burner it's not a particularly good one um 
because it's not burning fat, it's burning carbohydrate. But the increase in resting metabolic rate is is there. Yeah, it is. And I, I, um, so, you know, it, again, it's, it's that kind of thing that you see, you see very often. And, and, and I think, you know, if you, if you look back, another example, you know, not, not a nutrition-based example, but where, where some of these studies um, looking at um, pro and anti-inflammatory cytokines. So, so quite often when, when some of these studies first came out, they only looked at, um, you know, a selected number of pro-inflammatory cytokines. And everyone was kind of up in arms thinking, well, exercise is pro-inflammatory. And then people sort of then started to think about, um, well, okay, maybe IL-6 is not necessarily directly a pro-inflammatory marker. And we start to look at some more true pro-inflammatory markers and we find out they only go up a little bit. And then people started to look at, okay, well, what's the effect of exercise then if we include some anti-inflammatory markers? And you actually find out that probably the balance is far more in favor of an anti-inflammatory response than it is a pro-inflammatory response. And so... Sometimes, you know, it's not just the context on a particular or individual paper. It's the context across an entire area that becomes important. I don't know if I've quite made sense there. No, you, well, yeah, well I, yeah, I mean, well, it depends on what context. <laughs> what context you say. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know how seriously everyone's going to take this podcast. But, I mean, it is, you know, I wanted, I wanted to discuss this stuff. And, and we, you know, we're going to be accused of saying context too often. And some of it's obvious, but it, it, it's not obvious to people because they're out there buying the fat burners. I mean, they, they, I cannot believe how many times, and, and we're talking every week, I have clients coming in who are taking this stuff. And they just don't, they just don't get it. And it's very difficult for me to explain to them that these products don't work uh, because even some of the more intelligent ones will actually go and Google stuff and they might even come back with a PubMed. I mean, I've had a few clients that have done that. They said, yeah, you know, um, there is evidence to suggest that they work. Um, well, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that they don't work. And then, oh, I get tongue-tied because you just, said that they do work no you said that they don't work <laughs> well, that, well, it depends I think context, that's the thing you know. what often is yeah. you know uh, you know and, and you see that a lot in research you know that, that you know how many times do you see it written that 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 um a particular finding is is equivocal in the literature you know some have plenty of studies that show one thing there's plenty of studies that show the opposite so it is very difficult to you know to really get down to a a true consistent message but i mean i think I think one of the other things to say about that is that once you've sort of figured out that, and I guess we've had this conversation before, once you've figured out that context is important, you've then got to figure out how do you actually deliver context. And that's something that <laughs> it then becomes very, very difficult to actually practice it. So yeah. it's kind of, you know. Well, okay, no, you, okay, so that, that's, a, but that's an important point. And, and that is that us as practitioners or for, for listeners that are in some capacity advising people, this, you know, all joking aside, understanding what context the research was aimed at, you know, how it should be, in what context it should be interpreted, you know, is in, it's important that you understand that so that you can understand what, in, in which situation is it actually relevant to even think about this stuff. Um, and that is something that people don't do. And, and to go back to my sort of almost first thing is, is everyone's very black and white about this. And that is what you see is 
people's inability to understand in what context this this science, this this information, these these conclusions, um, you know, were were made under, and and in and in what situation you should, you know, you should take them, and I think that does get complicated because every single person has a real mixed bag of variables that they exist in, and I say this as an applied focused person, you know, I'm I'm not working with someone who's in a very controlled environment so there are so many different things that they have to deal with and how how can we take that that research that that conclusion from such a controlled environment and throw it into such an uncontrolled environment because you're then mixing a lot of things that those ingredients make something else potentially Absolutely, and I think there's always got to be a certain amount of interpretation in that. But I mean, I mean, I think you know, and I think it becomes even more important when you're sort of trying to um, be the mediator, I suppose, between the individual who's kind of produced the information and the individual, and a different individual who wants to benefit from from that information. So, I think you know, you know, so so your average you know practitioner, I think, has first really got to kind of, I suppose try and understand the context in which a particular thing is working or isn't working before they can then seek to give advice to, um, you know, a client, for example. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, in some respects, that's even more complicated because yeah. you're, trying to, you're trying to gain insights in, into, into con, in the context of something that somebody else has delivered before you can, you know, I, I suppose deliver... A sound piece of advice in the context of which you think it was meant originally to somebody else, to a third party, and and, and I think, yeah, it's undoubtedly exceptionally complicated, and and, and maybe sometimes as well. I had a, a recent uh, Twitter conversation with Martin McDonald, which was oh. which was quite interesting about um, you know context, and he was saying it's, a, it's the most overused word, you know, and I, we had a little bit of banter about it, light-hearted banter, but I, I think um, you know. Equally, I take his point that sometimes it can be a little bit overused or people yeah, can yeah. seek to hide behind it, you know, when they don't necessarily really know what they're talking about. It's kind of, oh, well, it depends, you know. Um, so totally. it's, yeah. it's very difficult. I mean, to, like I said earlier on, it's very, di- very difficult. You, you know, you, you can clearly understand what the importance of context is, but how you actually go about making sure that, that all the advice that you're giving is, is in the right context is, yeah, it's, it's something that's, well beyond me to be perfectly honest <laughs> yeah well no he he martin made a you know i understood his point and absolutely that 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 is you know it it is it is a funny thing because as as we are discussing now and i want to i want to talk about some examples just to help put it into context <laughs> put context into context contextually speaking of course uh <laughs> but you know it, there is this business of of whilst it's important to understand context, you you know you can't use context as an excuse, um, or you can, but you need to be careful how you're using it because people do use it as an as an excuse, um, and I know that that's that's a problem that that does exist. And you you in your definition earlier, in fact, can you just remind us of that definition of of context again? 
Yeah, so it's uh, it was it was something along the lines of you know the the situation or the circumstances that form uh, the setting for a particular event, a statement, or an idea. And like I said, most importantly, in my view, in, in terms of which it can be fully understood. Yeah, and um, it's that fully understood that that's that's the problem, I think. Yes, um, I mean we could have an, another argument about whether you can ever get something that's fully understood in this context, but um, yeah. yeah, let's just go for understood, perhaps. But yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, you know, I think it's it, that is why it's important to continuously become educated, um, constantly read up on the research, and and you know there, there is nothing's a done deal really because those like creatine. Well, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll I guess we can start with creatine then, but creatine can be used for a variety of different purposes. Um, but of course, it you know it depends what you're using it for, who you've you know which form of creatine you're using. Um, you've got your responders, non-responders. You've got your uh, performance aspects to creatine. You've got your um, uh, uh, this you know this rising uh, interest in creatine from a health perspective. Um, you've you've got these scenarios where it helps with weight gain which could be positive but also there's scenarios where that's not helpful so i mean can you you know let's let's maybe think about creatine because that's something that most people are are familiar with um i mean do you want to have a stab at this i mean i'm not sure i haven't sort of got a a predetermined structure to how we might approach this but well i mean i think this is this is the this is the the age-old thing i mean you've got so many factors that might influence whether you know creatine works or not but but the most i mean even if we go sort of slightly you know to the next level up one of the most common questions i often get, get asked whenever i do any of these sorts of things is do supplements work and i think i may have even said that in the creatine podcast yeah. and and to, to my mind that's the wrong question because, you know, do supplements work? If you want an answer to that question, the answer is no. Um, you know, not all supplements work in all situations. You know, you, you've got to ask a more specific question, I guess. There's got to be context around that question before you can, you can deliver any kind of context to the advice. Yeah. So, you know, yes, creatine works for some individuals in some circumstances. Um but not for others in others. Um, and so, I mean, I think, yes, if you're, you know, you're looking at creatine, is it, is there evidence that it's relevant, you know, during, you know, for some individuals during repeat sprint type of activities, for example, then you'd probably say yes. But then again, you've got to say yes, assuming that that individual is a responder to creatine. And, and we know that not everybody seems to respond to creatine. Mm. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a clarification that needs to be made. I'm trying to avoid the, the use of the word context, but but there's a clarification to the message that you you've got to make immediately. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, just as a side note, because I know we discussed this off, uh, and we can come back to this stuff again in a second. But there's another important thing here: is w- when we're discussing, you know, research, and and of course, you know, this this this. The quality of the research can be viewed in a number of different contexts, um, depending on you know what journal it's in, the impact factor, the people that wrote the research, and of course there's this issue of whether or not it was sponsored or not. 
Um, I mean, how do you how do you feel about that? In terms of the the sponsorship of research, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, in that in that context, yes. Yes. In that context. <laughs> well, well, in my view, you can't necessarily assume and you, you see this quite a lot again in social media and it's, it's an easy thing for people to look at and, and, and people say immediately oh well this was a st study sponsored by such and such a company uh, therefore you know um, they've got a vested interest in seeing the, the results in a positive light therefore you know this research must be total uh, rubbish um, and that in my opinion is not necessarily true there's a few things you've got to to look at here and, uh, and one of the things is in, in my mind you, you, you know you can't necessarily just assume that that because a company has sponsored a particular piece of research in relation to, to one of their products for example that, that, that the research is necessarily fundamentally flawed mm. in, in my view of course it might be but in my view there are there is a lot of research out there that has been conducted very well um, that has been funded by um, industry and And so I think you've got to, I think you've got to look at the research and evaluate it in its in its own right, um, because, you know, I, I think you know one of the other things you've got to look at is well, if that particular company doesn't fund that piece of research, who's going to fund it? Yeah. So quite often that kind of work, a lot of good work, may well be missed under those circumstances. So I mean, I think I think my message would be, you know, evaluate that, but at the same time perhaps evaluated a little bit more closely and a little bit more rigorously and with you know full understanding of the fact that this was a sponsored piece of work and and there could be a conflict of interest in the in the findings yeah i i think i think the way you need to look at that is in the context of the quality of the of the research and and you know the the, the review process etc rather than allow yourself to automatically assume there's a bias on the basis of who sponsored it. Um, but again, that's where context comes. Absolutely, in, and, and you know. that, that may be relevant to the, where you're getting the information from. If you're only seeing some of that information from a, from a website, for example, then I'd be a lot more sceptical about it than if it was through yeah. some sort of you know, peer-reviewed particularly a well-respected peer-reviewed journal. Of course, we all know that the peer-reviewed process is not um, perfect either, but, you know, equally that's a discussion for another day. But, um, you know, we absolutely <laughs> yeah. know that that's not a perfect system in a, in a perfect world, but then then what is, you know? You, but, but, I mean, again, the, the context, if you like, of where that information comes from as to how potentially reliable or unreliable it is is, is also important. Yeah, I think what's clear... Is it's not just a case of context. There are there are multiple contexts. Um, there's a whole there's a whole hierarchy of context, really, isn't there? Um, and and I, I you know I th I think it's just important that people look at this and go look. It is important to read into stuff into advice recommendations in you know into the into not just what they absorb not just to what they use in their own decision making process or their own education but also in how they transmit that knowledge and information out there has to be with an appreciation for these multiple levels of context and how important context is to all of this stuff because 
taken, you know, the right the right information taken out of context or or promoted in the wrong context, of course, is the wrong information. Um, and it's potentially dangerous. I think that's the other thing as well. Yes. I mean, not not always will it be dangerous, but but there are circumstances where taking a particular finding out of context, you know, could actually be be quite dangerous. And that happens a lot, doesn't it? Um, I mean, can you can you think of? I mean, in in sort of the realms of sports science, um, are there any? Is there anything that springs to mind in 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 how something taken out of context could be potentially very worrying? Well, I mean, I think I think uh, one that sort of springs to mind is again, and not 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 something I know too much about. It's not really my specific area, but it's it's been around, you know, in, in debate quite a bit. Is is overhydration guidelines? And, right. Uh, yes. Um, you know, so there's a there's a prime example where you know dehydration is potentially you know, dangerous, but then so is is overhydration, and and there have been a number of examples where people have you know maybe followed guidelines or mis even misinterpreted guidelines, and have ended up overhydrating and landing themselves in a in an A and E type environment. Um, so I mean that's that's a, a, a basic that's great. You make a great simplified example, but there's there's one example. Well, I think that's a, I I think where where there is a great deal of complexity to something. You know the oversimplification loses all those important contexts. Absolutely, and that is a classic case. You know we've got another big marathon coming up, and I, I don't wish to be morose or negative, but you know it's likely that there's going to be something horrible that's going to happen to someone because they've, you know, uh, taken those guidelines out of context. <laughs> No, that's, that's it. I mean, and, and that, you yeah. know, like I said, sometimes that, you know, what we would classify that as, I guess, in some respects is miscommunication. And so, yeah. so where miscommunication um, exists, so, you know, particularly, you know, in, in relation to this particular part, there's a number of different ways in which that could exist. But I mean, in, in relation to this po podcast, if you've kind of delivered some information in, in, in a particular or intended to be in a particular context, but either an athlete or, you know, some of the sports stuff or whatever it has been or, or just a member of the public has, has received that information or, or considered that information under a di in a different context, then, you know, that's when it, you know, miscommunication exists and it becomes particularly, well, potentially dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I, I made a comment in a recent podcast. It might even have been uh, in the last one I did, which was with, Dr. Dan Ogborn at McMaster University. And, you know, and I, I think this is a powerful example, so I'm going to repeat it. And that is this idea that, you know, one man's aerobic exercise might well be another man's anaerobic exercise. And simply going for a jog, therefore, for someone who's really quite fit, um, is going to be easy activity and therefore would be primarily an aerobic activity but for someone who's you know imagine someone who's really unfit and maybe um, really quite overweight going for a jog would be a completely different demand to their to their body um, and ultimately could become a, a, a predominantly anaerobic event and that is totally about context 
Well, absolutely. I mean, everything feels anaerobic to me these days. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, me too. But that's the way it goes. Aging, I suppose. But I mean, I think the other example of that, really, as well, though, is is you know, quite often you'll see a lot of um, a lot of recommendations to elite athletes are based upon research that's been conducted in recreationally active individuals. Which yeah, and vice okay. versa, of course. And yes. Maybe that yeah. maybe the difference. Maybe the difference is very, very small, or maybe there's no difference at all. But equally, yeah. you know, quite often, I'm I'm very much sure there is, and there's probably even differences in the way in which you would set up an experimental design, maybe with those two, you know, um, yeah. sets of populations in mind. So, you know, and but equally, then, what do you do if you don't have any direct, you know, examples in in an elite population, for example? Well, you kind of have to use something. Yeah. But again. It's probably still important to understand the context in which that information is delivered against against the context in which you're going to use that information. Of course, and that happens a lot, um, particularly in studies, particularly studies that are used to support the sales of certain supplements, for example, um, whereby you, you you know they'll they'll create their study um, with fairly small numbers of people, which of course is quite common in sports science uh, research, but um, you'll have untrained people um, doing some weight training, for example, and they are taking their nutritional supplement and they will conclude that taking that supplement produced significant gains in lean muscle mass. But of course, you know, the other issue there is, well, these people um, were new to exercise and anyone who lifts a bit of weight um, is likely to respond quite well to that irrelevant of the supplement, but of course, taken out of context, that um, you know allows the abuse of, of, the, of, of the research, the findings to uh, to promote the sales of the supplement. Absolutely, I mean, I think you can see that quite a lot. I mean, and and, and equally, you know, we've seen that quite a bit in, in my own research on beta alanine, for example, is that, you know, quite often you, you, you use recreationally active individuals, um, where in a, you know, in an ideal world, you'd like to use elite athletes, but, but they're not always, you know, available. You can't always do necessarily the same types of experiment with an elite athlete as you could do with a recreationally active individual. So there are good reasons there why that's maybe done. And one of the biggest problems with looking at, you know, beta alanine, for example, an elite population now is finding an elite athlete that's you know, of of a certain type that's that's not already, you know, using the supplement. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there are there are often good reasons why that's the case, but equally, that does that does change slightly, if you like, the the, the relevance of the information that, that that you you know produce. It doesn't necessarily mean to say that it will be completely irrelevant, of course, but um, it's just that it's not com- confirmed in the population where it would be used and. Again, I think you have to quite, um, you have to quite clearly sort of consider the context of that before you, you, you know, you take information and you give advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, um, I'm not sure how many more times we can say context, um, <laughs> but I, you know, my mission here was, I mean, it's a very difficult thing we're talking about, um, you know, without trying to make it too much of a joke, but it is an incredibly important discussion that I wanted to have. And um, I know that, you know, we refer to it many times throughout this this podcast with the various experts. And 
we'll continue to because it's important that people understand you know what scenarios you know these discussions are uh, you know being based around um mm. but i i it is something that i have found has really changed the way in which i understand the information that i read and and you know by thinking about context with my athletes my clients ha, you know has been important and um as we said earlier on this this podcast too many people have very black and white approaches like this business of you know uh too many people think carbs are evil or there's you know doing car- like the latest one and i'm doing a whole podcast on this uh very soon is this new myth this new craziness that cardio makes you fat <laughs> yes that's another oh well i mean but you know there it's like pseudoscience we can have these discussions about pseudoscience and bro science and all that stuff but at some point there would have been some science um but when you take science out of context it becomes pseudoscience possibly uh but there is you know there's some the, at some point it started off as probably a perfectly sensible thing um you know i mean i guess basically what you end up with i suppose is is what we talked about earlier is miscommunication yeah you know yeah that's that's the that's the danger I guess, taking things out of context. No, it is. Well, look, I think, you know, I think we can leave it at that. Um, I'm very grateful for your time today, Craig. Uh, (laughs) My pleasure is place. Like I was saying, you know, if nothing else, if this stimulates some debate around it, then that's great. I'm by no means an an expert, but it it would be lovely to to maybe even get an expert in in communication to, to come on and speak idea. about this because i think that that in particular how we deliver our messages whether that be to to clients or readers of our research articles or, yeah. or the media or whatever it might be or even funding bodies for that matter um yeah. no think, do you know what that's a really good well, i had um uh one of our listeners is um professor andy lane um who i did a podcast with recently on um, psychology and nutrition and training and uh, i'm I, perhaps Perhaps, uh, perhaps I can get him on. Perhaps I can get you both on, and we can maybe re-explore this from our various angles. Um, so, Andy, I'll email you about that if you're listening. But anyway, um, I think I think it's good. Uh, like you said, Craig, if it, you know, we, we, you and I are not presenting any facts as such here, but it is to promote a bit of thought and debate, and um, we'll see see what happens. Um, I'm I'm fully expecting some jokes about how many times contact. If anyone, there might be a special prize uh, <laughs> for anyone who's actually able to accurately count the amount of times we said contact. I'm gonna. In fact, I will. I'll create some sort of a prize. So so somebody out there will count it. I'm sure. Um, but um, thank you, Craig. Um, it's been great as usual, and um, I look forward to uh, uh, having you back on again. Um, and talking to you again in the near future. My pleasure. Cheers, all. Yeah, cheers, mate. Okay, folks, that's the end of episode 50 of the Guru Performance We Do Science podcast, all about context. Um, my name, of course, is Laurent Bannock. Uh, you can learn more about the podcast at guruperformance.com, and I look forward to bringing another episode back to you very soon. <laughs>